We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Knicks Film School pregame show. My name is Andrew Claudio, a.k.a. GMAC, and I'm here to preview the Knicks' upcoming matchup against the Detroit Pistons, one of the worst teams in the NBA. What could go wrong? There's no chance the Knicks could blow this, right? We've never seen them play down to an opponent, made us sweat out the final couple minutes of a game that they were up comfortably in. Um, this should be a good tester of whether the Knicks run and hide with this team that is tanking, that is playing without who is supposedly their best prospect in Kate Cunningham, um, playing without, uh, with, with a very young roster, um, and against a team that may have, other than Killian Hayes, may have kind of started mailing it in for the rest of the season. All this being said, uh, the Knicks matinee matchup against the Pistons in Detroit, um, as you're hearing this, will be today at 1 p.m. And joining me in just a few minutes to talk about it is Sean Corp of DetroitBadBoys.com. He is the managing editor of that site. He's been covering the Pistons for more than 10 years. And it was good to talk to him and get the perspective of a team that had expectations and despite some really nice lottery odds, still ends up having a disappointing season or considering this season disappointing. So we'll talk to him in just a little bit. The connections between the Knicks and the Pistons, as far as this game is concerned, there are a couple of obvious ones. Alec Burks, uh, the Knicks will play him for the second time this season, I guess the third time this season. Uh, I would argue potential trade target Alec Burks. We'll see how much that becomes a reality. Uh, Nerlens Noel, who is not in the rotation, or I guess shouldn't be in the rotation, uh, might be in the rotation tomorrow. It's hazy where Nerlens Noel's status is currently because um, he lost the backup backup uh, center job to uh, Jalen Duran, who also has a Knicks connection. Uh, and then uh, Jalen Duran, um, beat out the starting center Isaiah Stewart uh, for a uh, minute. So the Jalen Duran, who, well, as far as Nerlens Noel goes, we may or may not see him in this game. Uh, Jalen Duran, um, who the Knicks drafted at 13 for the Pistons and then traded him along with Kemba Walker to dump that salary. Uh, that is a thing that happened. The Knicks got a future protected pick from the Pistons. Uh, and then, of course, the Jaden Ivey thing that 
I don't even know if, if it matters anymore that the Knicks didn't get Jaden Ivey. I think what you'll find out from Sean how the Pistons and their fans feel about both Ivy and during this year. Um, a lot, of, a lot of Knicks connections as far as the, the Pistons are concerned. The one I would stretch for, which I asked him the question, is that in 2003, the Pistons could have taken Carmelo Anthony with the second pick. They took Darko Milicic. It forced them to make the correct moves of allowing Tayshaun Prince to be in the starting five and then trading for Rasheed Wallace. And it built a team that won the title later that year. Um, I've always believed in the theory that uh, if they just draft Carmelo or even Dwayne Wade, if you want to go that route, then that's a dynasty because that team made it to conference finals at their conference finals and then lost to players from that 2003 draft, whether it be Dwayne Wade in 2006 or LeBron James in 2007. Uh, but I digress. I asked him the question of whether there is regret about the 03 draft across Pistons fans or whether they're just happy with the title that they got and the banner that they get to look at uh, anytime they go to Little Caesars Arena. All right. I'm te- I've been teased it enough. It's time to get into it. Without further ado, here is my conversation previewing the Knicks' upcoming matchup against the Pistons with Sean Corp of DetroitBadBoys.com. Joining me now on the next edition of the KFS pregame show, here to preview the Knicks' upcoming matchup, a matinee day, matinee day game against the Detroit Pistons. Uh, the fourth time the Knicks play the Detroit Pistons this season, the second time over at Little Caesars Arena in Detroit. Uh, he is the managing editor of DetroitBadBoys.com, and his name is Sean Corp. Sean, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I look forward to the the upcoming brutalization of the Pistons by the oh, Knicks no. for oh, the actual Knicks. Gotcha. That that may happen. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's happened three times before. Four if you count preseason. So I, I think uh, the Knicks have Detroit's number this year. That's. I mean, a lot of teams do, but that's so, fine. You know, it's funny. This I think it's the second time they played. It was during the regular season. It was a Friday night game. And it, it's an inflection point somewhat for the Knicks and for their fans because the Pistons stuck around. The spread was like eight and change. And a lot of Knicks fans looked at that night as the first indication that like, oh, something's wrong, right? Like we can't even beat the Pistons by more than X amount of points. That was the first game Alec Burks came back and it was like a, a Nick homecoming. And I know personally that his final bucket a meaningless bucket in the last like 10 seconds beat the spread. So like, I, <laughs> I suffered that bad. Beat. So as Insult result, to injury. Bingo. Yeah. So it was not only a, a night of concern for the Knicks, um, but I, I then am able to look at the other side of the coin with my first question. The vibes in Detroit this year, as it's now become a, another season of, of preparing for the lottery and, and it's more specifically the top of the lottery where the reward might actually be pretty fruitful. Um, how are the vibes? Are you able to be confident in like it's just a step back, but here to take another big step forward potentially next year? Or were there expectations on this season? I would say it's been a disappointing season as low as the expectations were only because this is a young team that's supposed to be building. It's supposed to be building around Kate Cunningham and Kate Cunningham's gone for the season. So it's like a lost year of development for Cade and for the players who were relying on Cade to lead them, to kind of play off of them, to help, to have him help them be their best selves. That's just out the window. 
So that's disappointing. The defense is the worst it's been in the Dwayne Casey era. That's mm-hmm. disappointing, but that's what happens when you rely on a lot of young players. So it's there's no kind of rose-colored glasses with this season. So if you can't look at team success, you kind of look at those individuals who are able to develop, who are able to kind of step forward, and then you kind of pencil in those lottery odds after every game. You say, well, darn, it might have been a loss, but losses aren't always a bad thing. So you kind of roll with it. How... How I guess you both as a as a content creator and I'm I'm as a Pistons fan, um, how much wear and tear has it been on on the fan base that like this is just another season of losing? Um, like is the plan starting to be questioned at all in Detroit? I think that it's not so much the plan because it was really next season that I think the entire Troy Weaver era was always intended to be judged around. They have like $50 million in cap space. They would allegedly be entering the last draft where they have a significantly high lottery pick Allegedly, and they have these young building blocks. So it was like, figure out which young players are going to work long-term. Maybe you make a consolidation trade for a star. You grab that extra player in the draft and you invest heavily in trades or free agency. There's a little bit of wobble there because these players like Sadiq Bey, to a lesser extent, Isaiah Stewart, they haven't stepped up to the point where they're so attractive of an asset that a team that's trying to kind of get young players or get young good players would make that consolidation trade for a disgruntled star. So that's a little disappointing. And then the Dwayne Casey era I've never questioned it, except for this year, it's looking a little creaky. I just mm. don't know if his time is is kind of maybe it's going to be up after this year, just because it's been five years. A new voice might be ready. The intention was always he was going to be somebody who when he was ready to retire as a, a coach on the sideline, he would kind of get that bump up to an executive role and still be part of a team's culture and sort of leading the team from the executive suite. Maybe that's still the plan, but I'm worried that in the second half, there's a chance these players might kind of tune them out or maybe they're just not delivering that effort we've seen in previous years. And maybe it's not so much an effort thing as just a talent thing. When you're starting the youngest player in the NBA and Jalen Duran, you're starting a rookie on the wing and Jaden Ivey, that horrible defense is just kind of what you got to, expect it's funny those are gonna be the two young players i asked about because they have knicks connections Jaden ivy obviously being a player the knicks tried to trade up for in the draft on draft night and then he obviously fell to the pistons at five and then jalen duran the player the knicks traded to the pistons with kemba walker thank you for that yeah welcome is that is that the sentiment that even though this season has been somewhat rough there is promise in him and like, thank God we're able to get him out of that Knicks trade. Definitely. I mean, you're, you, you look at Jalen Duran and he's such a just massive human being that you sometimes forget. He's the youngest player in the NBA and he's already acquitted himself pretty well. I mean, Mm -hmm. the rookie standards are rookie standards. So they're kind of graded on a curve. He's still got some work to do on defense, but he is, you know, a huge person that can rebound, that can block shots. He has sneaky, good kind of short roll passing ability. 
He's looks like he's never going to be a ball stopper, even if he's not a shooter and just kind of that sort of center that can control the paint, which is really kind of, I mean, like with Mitchell Robinson is just somebody you like to have because it's one less thing you have to worry about. And you can kind of fit players around him pretty easily with some various skill sets. And so if you're looking at a long-term piece, I mean, if you can, if you think you have a center that you can kind of count on for 10 years, like you can't beat that at a 13th pick. Yeah. The, the uh, debate between Knicks fans on draft night was like, why would we, why would, why would we give something like this up just to resign Mitch? Cause it was pretty obvious once they traded that pick, it was like, Oh, so the plan is to resign Mitch Robinson. Got it. There's a, there's a backup percent potential, whether it be in Durin or whether it be uh, who they currently have, which is Isaiah Hartenstein and Jericho Sims that um, some Knicks fans, I may be part of this, have been like, we were set on the center position. Like you could find a backup center like Hartenstein for eight, 16 million and you'll be fine. Now that hasn't proved so much this season, but uh I listen, I time will tell who wins this trade as far as that's concerned. You know, if he turns into an all star years from now um, or even just like a productive center, uh, more specifically, one better than Mitchell Robinson. That'll, I guess, be the the deciding factor there. Jaden Ivey, on the other hand, um, you mentioned how these the younger players on the Pistons hadn't risen to a level that would make them attractive in a star trade. This is. Another thing Knicks fans were familiar with because they were forced to throw in all of the picks and every young player was balked at for the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes, but it was also for the trade-up for Jaden Ivey sweepstakes. And it was like, no, we're good. Your young players aren't aren't what you know your fan base might think they are. And um, I'm just I'm curious, have you seen the 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 ceiling at, at points this season with Ivy that made him such an attractive uh, trade target for the Knicks. Yeah, you definitely see the elements that make him that top five player um, going into the draft. Uh, full disclosure, I was more of a Benedict Matherin oh. fan, but that doesn't mean I didn't understand the premise of Ivy. And that premise has kind of showed itself several times a season, which is just that absolutely elite athleticism and first step where Jaden Ivey can get around a defender without a screen. Like he can just blow by a guy and get into the lane and dunk. And that is something that is very valuable. And he's starting to fold in sort of those drive and kick passes that you want to see as a secondary ball handler. He's getting more fluid with his perimeter shot, which was a big concern going into the season. He's with Cade Cunningham gone. He's been thrust into a position where he has way too much responsibility. So it's not been a great year for Ivy. His efficiency is very bad. He's turning the ball over a lot. He's shooting too much. But, you know, a rookie, I want a rookie to make all the mistakes they can instead of deferring too much. So I'd rather he kind of fail and fail spectacularly while showing you all those awesome things he can do because as he gets better, he's just going to kind of eliminate those decisions out of his game as he just, as he learns what he can do at an NBA level and what he can't do at an NBA level. But I don't think the Pistons are in a position where they regret that pick or think they should have taken anyone else. I think that everything they saw that they targeted Ivy at five, they still see that on a pretty regular basis. This will probably be the, 
I'm I'm curious if it's the one of the few times you've been asked about this player this season. But just to go through the, all the Knicks connections before I ask you some larger, uh, a, a much larger Pistons questions. Um, Kevin Knox, how's how's he doing these days? Knicks Knicks former ninth pick in the draft that we were worried about him getting a second contract that he's found out. It seems a backup home in Detroit. Now, this may be my ignorance. Is he still in the rotation at this point? He's sort of in and out of the rotation. Okay. Uh, but that's only because when it's, the, I don't think that's a reflection on Knox. I think it's a reflection on sort of a bad team mixing and matching different pieces to try and figure out something that works. And he's kind of at the, the depth uh, wing position where the Pistons kind of have a lot of pieces that are almost good enough, but not quite good enough to solidify their spot. Uh, overall, Kevin Knox, he plays much bigger than I was expecting in the little I'd seen of him previously. It's not like he's a good defender, but he plays long. He uses his length hmm. and he hasn't embarrassed himself too much on the defensive end. I, I wouldn't say he's been good, but he's been uh, a pleasant non-disaster on defense. And, you know, he's shooting well. He makes some questionable decisions, but sometimes he can kind of force his defender to overcommit on the perimeter and he'll just drive the ball in and lay up or dunk or something. And so you're like, yeah, I, I mean, for as little as they paid him, I'm not going to say it was a big whiff, uh, which they've had in the past on some reclamation type projects. So he's kind of been a pleasant surprise that though, not a huge factor. Yeah. The, the few members that still remain at the very end of the Kevin Knox hive. Um, I, look, I, from what I could tell, it was mostly that they thought it was unfair that he was mostly judged on who was picked after him. Like Knox goes nine. And then it's like Mikael Bridges, Miles Bridges, Sean, Shea Gildress Alexander, Michael Porter, like all of the Bam Adebayo, like all of these all stars and really good contributing role players after that, you know? Well, Pistons fans know that well, picking Kennard right before Mitchell and uh, uh, yeah. They also oh, pick. you have a Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Pistons fans have that too because Knicks fans took Neil Aquina ahead of Donovan Mitchell. So yeah, and then uh, somebody in front of uh, oh god, the Suns guy. What's the name? Escape? Mikael Bridges. No, Devin Booker. Devin. Oh yeah, we have. Oh, Knicks. I think it was Devin Booker <laughs> and Stanley Johnson over Devin Booker. I think ah, there you was go. The, was there the choice. Go. So yeah. that's how you end up. One of the worst teams for a decade plus. You you make those choices. Which back to back drafts, Frank Nilakina, Kevin Knox is why Knicks fans were I, I can understand this pain and the setbacks that within right. draft picks can be. Before I get to the at large Pistons questions, while we're on the topic of of misses, I, it's just a fast a, a, a thing that fascinates me from afar about the dynamic of um the. I'm just, I hope I'm not bringing up a sore subject, the 2003 NBA draft. Um, hey, they won the championship. So, so there's no regrets. No regrets, no regrets no, whatsoever about Darko. I mean, the dominoes could have fallen completely differently if there's a Carmelo in tow. Tayshaun Prince doesn't develop. They don't make a big trade for Rasheed Wallace. They draft Chris Bosch. They don't trade for Rasheed Wallace. Rasheed Wallace was the missing piece, brought him a championship. No regrets. Okay, it's it's interesting. I, I I know that some from the outside looking in might say like you take Mello, then there's more than one championship. But because you can't guarantee that, 
you take the one and the banner that you got, right? Yeah, it was. So it's like a, a major error that leads to a championship. So nobody really wants to give that credence, which I understand. But like, think about what Toronto did with Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. They gave up some assets and they got their championship and then they had to figure out how to rebuild, you know, after that. But it's not like they'd ever regret it just because he's there for one year. Like the the whole goal is to win a championship and Carmelo doesn't necessarily mean the Pistons win three. Right. They might win zero. So like it happened how it was supposed no, to happen. I, I fully respect that. The, as a team that hasn't seen a championship since 1973, I would I would whiff on every potential Hall of Famer after yeah. uh, if it meant that somehow the dominoes then fell that the Knicks made the other moves that led to a championship. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You've got New Year's goals, and HelloFresh is here to help you achieve them. Take control of your time and budget with delicious recipes delivered right to your door. Looking for an easy way to eat well and save money this year? Cut back on expensive takeout and delivery and get started with HelloFresh. You'll love how easy, fun, and affordable it is to whip up a restaurant-quality meal right in your own kitchen. With fast and fresh recipes, HelloFresh's latest line of meals featuring robust flavors and filling portions are ready in less than 50 15 minutes. Enjoy taste and quality done quick with recipes like falafel power bowls, seared steak and potatoes with béarnaise sauce, or southwest pork and bean burritos. If you know anything about me, you know that I'm not the greatest when it comes to cooking. Thankfully, I found a life partner that loves her time in the kitchen and loves putting together these elaborate meals. Unfortunately, with her schedule working at a school all day and my schedule covering sports all night, we rarely have time to go to the grocery store together. Well, HelloFresh has made it possible for us to do all the grocery shopping for the week right from the comfort of our living room. In fact, just last night when I was editing the latest KFS pod, she was putting together two plates of Presto Pesto Panko Chicken with roasted potatoes and green beans. We were able to do dinner and a movie without even leaving the comfort of our own home. And this is just one of several delicious HelloFresh meal options with cook and prep time taking less than an hour. When you've got busy, conflicting schedules like ours, you don't have to go out for dinner and a movie. Instead, it comes right to you. Don't hesitate. Head to HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool21 and use code FilmSchool21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool21 and use code FilmSchool21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. So the Pistons at large, the, the bigger picture and how it might reflect more specifically to the next month. Do you see them? There's been conflicting reports about what they'll do with some of the veterans on this team, whether it be Bogdanovich, whether it be out Nick fan favorite, Alec Burks. Um, do you see them on the roster in after the trade deadline? There's what I hope and what I think. And those are sometimes different. Mm-hmm. I would say to knit to Alec Burks first, because of the Knicks connection, I guess I'm pretty confident he's still going to be on the roster because okay. He has a team option for next season. So that provides the Pistons with maximum flexibility where they can explore trades. They can explore signings. They have all this money. And then if it doesn't work, you've already got a $10 million quality player. And then with an expiring contract, maybe you move them on the deadline next year. But you kind of like that flexibility to make sure you have that piece in the back pocket if you need it. With Bo Bojan... It's it's tough. The team says they don't want to get rid of him because they want that veteran scorer. His defense on this team of already bad defenders is just showing out in the worst way. So everything he's getting on the offensive end, he's given back on defense. He needs to be around better players to kind of hide him or at least let him use his skills in a more specific way on defense. And so he's 34. I hope they trade him for at least a first round pick and then hopefully something extra on top, but they keep, I mean, he's under a team friendly contract. He signed an extension with the Pistons where he gets paid 
20 some million next season, which is pretty decent. It's nothing that's going to break the bank or have another team bulk at trading for him in the future. And then the final year of his contract after that is partially guaranteed in a very team friendly way. So he's still going to be an attractive trade asset. So I, I think the Pistons are serious when they say they're only going to trade them for a pretty big haul. And I'm just hoping that haul kind of arrives among the contenders who are kind of desperate for that uh, forward uh, elite shooting. What would you say that haul looks like? Personally, I would want a lightly protected pick. So like maybe top 10 protected. So it's, still can fall in the lottery, but you're not going to get one of those game changers. And then a young player that's just worth investing in, who's kind of got two-way potential uh, at the forward position. Way to get younger on the wing and somebody who can guard, you know, a very good scorer on the opposing team. So it's funny you say that, because the Knicks currently have a couple of protected picks. uh, And I got to be Cam Reddish that is young enough and still on his rookie contract. Um, is I'm not suggesting, would you, I did say, I said two way potential, not no way potential. (laughs) No way potential. (laughs) It's funny. Depends who you talk to in Nick's land there. There's not just two way potential, but like five ways. He's so talented. Might actually be the most talented player the Knicks have that as a result, it's, it's criminal that they're, I'm going to get in so much trouble with the cam hive when they watch this. (laughs) Um, the point being a player like that, regardless of what you think of him, a, a young player that has that doesn't have his potential per- currently being tapped into. Um, and then the Knicks currently, ironically, have the Pistons pick protected one through 18. Your pick back and then maybe they throw in a Washington first, um, which they have protected one through 14. So it wouldn't convert this year, but might convert in the future. Is that a type of package. I'm not even saying I would do it. I'm not even saying the Knicks would do it, but is that the type of deal you're personally like, that's what I would accept back for Bogdanovich? Probably not. Cause those are going to be two pretty low first rounders. If I have faith in the Knicks to be pretty good, which I sort of do the next hmm. or well, the Pistons are the Pistons. So they would get that pick back. Yes. But, uh, Washington stinks. Any way to renegotiate toward Quentin Grimes, or is that off oh, the table? That's, not, that's off the table. They wouldn't trade him for for uh, for Donovan yeah. Mitchell at this point. Um, but I so that's the type of player, someone that's actually currently showing promise. And then yeah, okay, somebody who you, who's a reliable wing, if not stopper, just somebody who elevates the defense. Gotcha. Okay, I think i'd be curious to see what the the trade package ends up being if he's he's traded then and then if it if it's not that what the reaction ends up being um is there any other veteran that i'm missing that is currently going to be on them on the market potentially in the next uh next couple weeks from the pistons i mean the well former nick nerlens noel teams are always looking for (laughs) teams are always desperate for veteran center depth at a certain time of year and so i wouldn't Put that past them either it's just a throw into a larger trade i know i saw a rumor that uh there was allegedly talk of folding him into a bohan trade with the lakers uh because they need depth at every position but uh that would be like a protected second rounder like yeah 
like just, just top, something to top 55 protected second rounder. You know? <laughs> it would be like a do good for Noel so he can play on a, an actual good team and not kind of waste away on the bench in Detroit because Jalen Duran not only leaped him as the backup center, but he leaped uh, Isaiah Stewart as the starting center. And so with Stewart, Duran, and Marvin Bagley, like they're completely set at the big man position. There's really no spot for Noel to play. Yeah. And Except for now everybody's injured. So wow. So he hit a three pointer the other day. So NBA executives take note. Nerlens Noel defends allegedly and can hit the perimeter shot. Nerlens Noel's hitting threes now? What is what is happening? No, I said A three. A hitting hitting three now. Gotcha. Yeah. He's getting he hit a, he hit three. A three pointer. It's funny. Last year, Taj Gibson hit like he hit a couple of threes. And it was like, great, we can market him as a stretch. Strength exactly five and it's like or we shouldn't be drawing up plays for Taj Gibson to take a bunch of threes is probably the the plan um yeah the 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 Noel has the same thing as Alec Burks a team option so even if they aren't able to find um a, a home for him it ends up just being like again the flexibility that's this is a right. Brock Aller special with the Knicks all of their guys are on team options Julie uh I don't think Julius Randall is by like uh Derek Rose was two plus one, Burks two plus one, Noel two plus one. And they keep that flexibility with that last season. Um, I think last thing before I let you go, um, did this matchup tomorrow, like, do you still look at individual matchups? Not necessarily, I'm, I'm assuming it's not necessarily of like, can we win this game? But like, what do you go into like a matchup against the Knicks who have been, I would say, better than the national? Uh, media suspect suspected. I know for a fact they are better than Vegas thought they would be this season. Um, what do you look for in a game with a, a young developing team? Is it just like cover the spread? Is it don't get blown out? Is is that what you're looking for on on Sunday? I mean, not getting blown out is always nice, but uh, really, it's just individuals. You want to see the growth in the individual games of certain guys, and then from the opponent's perspective, you kind of sometimes look at matchups. I was always a big Jalen Brunson guy in the offseason. Mm. I wanted the Pistons to spend a bunch of money on him. I feel vindicated in my trust in him as a, an elite scorer, even without Luka. So uh, goal number one is don't let him score 40-plus. That would be nice. Uh, I, the Pistons were super high on Emmanuel quickly in that draft. Mm. They wanted him before he was scooped up by the Knicks. So I kind of always like to see what he's doing. Don't let him hit like seven three pointers, get three steals. That would be nice. Uh, otherwise, it's like this is the first game, I think, versus the Knicks since Killian Hayes sort of turned his career completely around and a light went off and he decided, oh, yeah, I'm like a strong six foot five point guard. I can, uh, you know, drive inside and hit a three. Like the, his last 20 games, he's. A completely different player than he was his first couple injury marred seasons. So he's he's a legit good point guard. He's a really good defender. He's one of the best passers in the NBA, probably considering his lack of personal offense. Like it doesn't make you uh, overreact, and the fact that he's able to get like seven eight assists on this very bad team is pretty amazing. So I want to see him kind of sh- just see what he can do against this Knicks defense, which. I think the next season kind of turned around when they decided to play all their good defenders. Turns out to be a smart move to do that. Uh, so <laughs> part of me thinks it's going to be another ugly game against the Knicks. I think 
Detroit's already lost by over 23, two times out of the three. Uh, so hopefully it's just another close game. Yeah. Put the fear of God in the Knicks, make them question how they could have a game so close against the worst team in the league. I'll yeah, take that. I'm going through the, first of all, I'm going through his game logs now and you're, you're almost like to the day that the Knicks won 140 to 110. The next night, Killian goes for 22 and eight on 10 of 13 shooting. And like that, like you said, started it, you know? Yeah, um, it was just, it was like, I think really, he's very young. Who knows what happened really? But part of me thinks he kind of saw things slipping away. And he's like, because he's not a naturally aggressive player. It's just not part of his personality. But I think he saw sort of like... If I don't start playing differently, I'm going to my NBA future is going to be in doubt and I can't have that. And so he just kind of said, screw it. I'm just going to shoot, see what happens. I'm going to be aggressive and see what happens. And it turns out when you have that kind of kind of authoritative game and confidence, good things start to come. And he's been pretty amazing for the last couple of weeks. They play in France on Thursday, right? Is it that soon? I think so. They do play the Paris game and it really messes up their schedule because they have huge buffers around that. Yeah, I think it's Thursday against Chicago. So that because yeah, they don't is. have a game until Thursday. So that at least makes sense as far as the schedule is concerned. Then you're right. Then there's nothing Friday, Saturday, Sunday until they play the Bucks on Monday. Yeah. So that would also be good for for Killian Hayes, you know, like. I, I mean, it's great that he is playing like a legit NBA, not just player, but like a legit NBA starter for a month plus now gets to go home. And G- I mean, hey, the Pistons aren't in the playoffs. Make it the Killian Hayes game, no matter what it takes. That's that's go. what I want to see. Would have made more sense if it was like if they made it the Minnesota game that they took to. Oh, to Paris, that would have been nice because they dominated Minnesota twice already. The Pistons. There you go. I don't know how, but I like well, to see it. That might speak a little bit more to what's going on in Minnesota yeah. this year. Yeah. Speaking else. of teams that you put the fear of God in, I think after both Minnesota games, there was articles in the Athletic about is the is the season lost? We just lost to the Pistons. How could this be possible? Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, Sean, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. We're recording this on a Saturday and you took time out of your Saturday to, to join us here at Knicks Film School. Uh, last question. Do you have any questions about the Knicks before I let you go? Do you feel like the Knicks are going to make any deals to really solidify things? Or are they just going to ride with what they have? So it's a great question. I cannot see them going, going, especially since they seem pretty determined to not make a deep playoff run. I think there's more honesty and and recognition of the ceiling of this team that there's no there's no conference finals trip in this team, but like their bench is so limited right now. They they're playing a nine man rotation. One of them on the bench is Emmanuel Quickly, who we love. And he's like a de facto six starter. Probably should be starting, but you only have five spots at a time. Um, and then it's a backup center with be Isaiah Hartenstein or Jericho Sims, who plays 10 to 12 minutes. Deuce McBride, who anything he gives you offensively is... Uh, uh, 
just gravy. Like it's like, oh, we we he, we got some. We got he hit two of one of four tonight. Great, Juice <laughs> McBride. But defensively, he is defending at an elite level. And then it's it's Obi Toppin, the great unknown of what he possibly could be if featured more having a point guard. Um, but he's playing Julius Randle's backup minutes at this at the current time. And also since he's come back from injury, he's been just like locked into the corner. I because Obi's extension eligible this summer, I could see them trading Obi Toppin. I could see them pulling the plug on the Hartenstein experiment and trading him for either a quality wing or some kind of backup that boosts the bench in the Deuce McBride role a little bit. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of OG Ananobi um, uh, talk. That's going to be expensive. That would be real expensive. So that's the thing. They have all these protected picks that they got in the OKC trade before they traded Jalen Duran to the, to the Pistons and they have their own picks and they have a lot of young pieces that potentially could be moved. Um, and they have like Derek Rose on a one plus one on the bench. They have Fournier on a two plus one, but this it's again, team options. So they're flexible. And then the unknown and Cam Reddish that you could use a salary filler. Um, so all of that to say, I can't see them. I can't see them sticking with this exact nine man rotation. The fact that they're, the fact that Jalen Brunson has been what he is, because um, even I think the best of pro- projections for him couldn't see like just how dominant he's been in crunch time, how dominant he's been an elite. He's been like from two point range and hitting tough shots. Um, so uh, I'd be curious to see how where, where that ends up. Are they in a position where you think they would... Uh beg someone to take Evan Fournier for a, a hall of first rounders to round out their bench. I mean, I'm just saying the Pistons have <laughs> tons of cap space. Um, so you, wait, so would you be interested in like an Evan Fournier and a couple first to the Pistons for who? I mean, we got all kinds of veterans that can veterans. have you can have Noel back. You could have so, Corey Joseph. Funny you, you have, say this. There has been a lot in our like post game conversations with with the 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 fans that interact with us in the post game shows of bring Alec Burks back. He's the perfect wing, you know. The the night that he scored thirty on like twelve shots, right? It was like, see, we should have kept him, you know. So I there there is an Alec Burks uh, desire. I welcome Alec Burks perfectly. He was the perfect um, bench. Uh, elite scorer two years ago. And then last year, I think he was used a little incorrectly as a starting point guard. Um, But um, yeah, there would be, there would absolutely be some unloading of Evan Forney. I don't think the Knicks would, would do it because they seem to be stern on not admitting their mistakes. The (laughs) other part about it is like, they've already, they've already like, survived the storm of like, like we gave this guy 78 million dollars we benched him midway through his second season like because the, the team is better like you said they're playing their better defenders something happened to him this offseason whether it's playing in in FIBA and like not really having a true offseason he showed up just like a not a step slow two steps slow so it's like because they are determined to win Quentin Grimes taking that step to be the starting two, 
Deuce McBride playing over him um, because you rather the defensive upside than whatever you're getting out of Fournier. Because he's also not shooting. He wasn't shooting that great when he was playing either. Um, so yes, I I personally would welcome a Fournier salary dump if it meant like getting Alec Burks back. But I doubt the Knicks would unfortunately pursue that. Well, even if they don't make any moves, I it's still a fun Knicks season. So I'll it has keep. Been. Yeah, I'll keep watching to uh, enjoy their their game coverage and uh, those young defenders that they have. And I'll I'll keep wishing for a day where they decide to trade Quentin Grimes for. I listen. The, we're we're starting to to see more and more why. And now, like to be clear, I I don't think Quentin Grimes was the actual untouchable in the Donovan Mitchell trade. If the Knicks say here's a third first round pick, I think Donovan Mitchell's a Nick right now. Um, I I just. I understand why there was like the jazz looked at Quentin Grimes and said, that's the guy we want rather yeah. than, Oh, you threw an RJ Barrett, Great. Um, so, uh, Sean, thank you so much again for joining me. Um, follow Sean on Twitter His bio. His, his screen name is in the name tag that's underneath his face. So it's at Sean S E A N underscore C O R P Sean Corp. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to plug before you get out of here? If you're ever wondering uh, what it's like to be one of the worst teams in the NBA, you can always read about it at Detroit Bad Boys. Uh, we've covered them for, I've covered them for 10 plus years of very bad basketball. And I'm very excited for the turnaround whenever that comes. But gotcha. yeah, you can always read our stuff at Detroit Bad Boys. Gotcha. Sean, thank you so much for joining me, man. All right. Thanks a lot for having me. Big thank you to Sean for making the time for me. As I mentioned at the end, uh, made time for me on a Saturday. I will always be thankful to anybody that gives me time out of their weekend to come and talk about basketball, especially a team like the Pistons, a basketball team that uh, is not is not a team I would enjoy watching, although... I understand that there are people out there that enjoy the process of watching a team whose season is going nowhere and the the development of the youth. That was like one of my biggest uh, arguments or I guess disagreements with people in 2019. I remember getting the tweets that this was one of the most fun seasons I've ever watched. And it's because there were zero expectations. The score did not matter. I was focusing on Mitchell Robinson and Kevin Knox and Frank Nilakina and nobody else. And I, I was like, I don't see it. And now two of those players are barely in rotations. Uh, and Mitch is nice. Like, I'll say that. Getting to watch the early signs of Mitchell Robinson being a starting center was fun. But I digress. Um, best of luck to the Pistons. The Knicks should not lose this game. And it'll be interesting to see how the Knicks play later today uh, against the Detroit Pistons. Thank you for listening. Uh, that'll do it for me. If you dig the show, head over to iTunes and drop a five-star rating and a review. Um, if you end up watching this on YouTube as well, please subscribe to the channel, um, like the video. Uh, we are like five subscribers away from 11,000 subscribers on YouTube. Pretty surreal when you think it's like two years ago um, that I was like applying to YouTube for uh, see if we have enough hours to go to like uh, an official tier to, to start turning it into like a thing that we could turn into a small business. And uh, yeah, all of your support remains amazing and something I'm forever thankful for. Uh, having said all of that, I'd also be thankful for the Knicks not making this game against a team that should not put up 
much of a fight, uh, a close game. Uh, and so we'll find out later today. Uh, enjoy the game. John and Jeremy and I will be on afterwards doing the post game stuff. Um, Jeremy will be on for the first half. And then the Giants play against the Vikings in the playoffs. And we are not keeping uh, Jets or Giants fans away from playoff games. The Jets, if it ever happens. But the Giants um, will let Jeremy go and enjoy his team in a football game. Um, in the playoff football game, I should say. So uh, tune in for that. If you're interested, it'll also end up in the podcast feed later Sunday afternoon. Um, and then just programming note, we will have a pregame pod on Monday, on MLK Day uh, as well. Um, I'm recording that tomorrow night, the preview of the, the Raptors game um, with somebody from north of the border. Tune in to find out who. There's your, your greenie tease. Um, I'm rambling. Until next time, thank you for listening, everybody. Stay safe out there. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and i'll speak with you soon peace